come clean with uh, what's been going on in my world today. You know, we usually record these shows and, and try to stay relevant with what's going on and the world around us and in our families. You know, we're fairly open with what's going on. But I have to say, I have spent the last five hours oh, today no. writing oh some fairly explicit sexual nature kind of things for sex on Sundays, the class that I have. And, you know, so it's the last lesson I've been writing for the men and the women that are involved in the class. And then I've also been, because as part of uh, joining this course is, is you get some technique kind of stuff. I have created, basically replicated lots of stuff that's out there that I've been able just to condense it into a cleaner <laughs> format. Um, but you know, so I have some really good tips for increasing or enhancing and spicing up your sex life. I have a guide for oral sex for her by him, which is a real how-to kind okay. of a thing. So this morning I started on the companion of that guide, the oral sex for him by her. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there writing this, and I have been writing some other stuff all morning on sex and great steps to a great sex life. and getting really kind of jazzed and, <laughs> and really getting going with this. And it's like, okay, where's Pam? You know, let's, she's working, man. <laughs> so, so, what, so now it's time for sexy marriage radio. Yeah. So we'll just continue the theme. I mean, I'm already there. I'm already, I'm already in it. I'm I ready. Am, and true to form, I'm representing the low desire spouse. <laughs> really? <laughs> You can write for five hours about technique. I'm thinking about selling my house. I'm not thinking about sex. <laughs> I'm looking at the baseboards thinking, where is the paint? <laughs> well, uh, to be fair, I have not written for five hours. I mean, it's not five hours of straight writing, but it is five hours of looking over everything, researching some stuff, compiling things, writing, you know, it's not all, but yeah, that's, that's totally where I've been this oh, morning. Man. And then it, that's what cracks me up, Genius, because then we get on the call to get this show going and I kind of tell you where I am and you're like, oh man, I'm so far from there. I've got to think, <laughs> think sexy I'm, thoughts. I've think gotta... <laughs> sexy thoughts. Think sexy thoughts. <laughs> but you know what? I bet you right there captures mm -hmm. a majority of our audience. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I think they listen and think I'm the charged up wife all the time. I'm like, really? <laughs> that's why I'm here. I'm like, sex for the rest of us. Hey, that's not uh, a bad title for a book right there. Sex for the rest of us. Man. But all right. So if, if we have this kind of state of being, because, you know, in general, the, the stance we take with Sexy Marriage Radio, which you can find us at sexymarriageradio.com, and we would love feedback and thoughts and input from you. Via email, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com is how you can find us. And you can also jump on iTunes and leave reviews and comments because that helps spread the word. And we love the word being spread about what we're doing. Yes, please do. But what's amazing is that that kind of captures, you know, in general, we take the stance of more often than not, the men are the high desire and the women are the low desire. Although that is not as near of an extreme. As right. lots of people are led to believe. There are a reverse of that, and it's fairly prevalent. But 
it's amazing that the high desire typically it takes the littlest things to kind of get them going, you know, because they're already kind of predisposed. Okay. And so, right. And so the paint for the baseboards does not derail. Exactly. <laughs> that is so phenomenal. <laughs> At all. It's like, hey, I need to get that baseboard paint. Ooh, hey, I could also, you know, and then you just kind of, it's just an easy segue. I mean, that's just all of it in my world. All of mm-hmm. it is a segue into sex. Oh, man. Well, not oh, all okay, of it. There ladies. are some things that aren't. Uh, I'll leave that alone. But <laughs> Oh, okay. Well... Hmm. So who do I want to help here? This high desire listener or this low desire listener? Well, let's let's go with both because I think it's kind of a global mm-hmm. thing that we constantly struggle or face that we have the dichotomy of a high and a low. And maybe the right. high and the low is not real far apart, but it is high right. and low. Yeah. And so it, it, one of the best things to start, I guess, is the idea that realize we're not going to be in sync. You know, we're not going to be in line. That, yeah, just like most things in love, it's a result of a decision. Yeah, and even in this show, I mean, there's on our willingness and interest to do the show. Sometimes, sometimes you have the high desire on that, and you're like, "Hey, let's do that." And I'm like, "Okay, whatever." <laughs> and I'm just kind of, you know, coming. Up. But then, hey, that's a good idea. Let's do it. And then you kind of get going, right? And so it just seems like okay. So realize that it's the, there's a continuum. There's a high. There's a low. You're not always in sync, and it goes down to choices and knowing yourself and growing, being influenced by your spouse, being wooed, being pursued. I mean, there's lots of factors that play into this. Yeah, and so much has to do with the value that you place on that that physical connection. You know, so if Paul is... Mr. Testosterone as well. So just out of my affection and how much I'm crazy about Paul, I'll make a move to to be responsive because I know that means something to him. So Yeah, and also, I mean, Gina, this, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going to be willing to bet just because of how your marriage has transpired. Mm-hmm. You've kind of learned how to navigate with Paul the times when, okay, he really wants me completely into this and he's put the work in. And so I'm there anyway. And I'll list this. This is that follow the connection swinging from the chandelier, really kind of great moments together that just takes some time. And then there's those times where he's there, you're not. And it's like, Hey, but I will gladly help. I'll I'll be there in that place with you. I'm just not completely in that place with you. Yeah, those are harder for me. I think I'm a little ADD or something. <laughs> I, seriously. Okay. Oh, man. I know a million women would give anything to be here right now, and um, I should maybe enjoy it. <laughs> well, but is, there, is that okay? I mean, because as a, as a man, mm-hmm. there are times where I want with Pam the things that just unfold, that just take right. the time because I enjoy that time with her. The ability to be able to give her pleasure and be the receiver of pleasure and, you know, kind of that whole connection. And and then there's other times where it's just like, baby, I don't really have a desire for this long, drawn-out thing. I just have this desire to just help me out real quick, would you? You know? <laughs> I know. Or in Paul's lovely words, um, could you be quick like a guy? <laughs> okay. like, oh, my gosh. This is so romantic. Well, hey. 
Could you be quick like a guy? But is it is it realistic to think that every time is going to be see stars and magic occurs? Exactly, it's not, which no. is I'm glad you bring that up cuz you that's what if as long as you know that, like yeah. out of every 10 times, a handful of times are going to be really ordinary. Yeah. So if you can just be good-natured and enjoy yourself, it's still really really valuable. Right, cuz there's times where Pam and I've had those instances where it just it started off as just kind of all right, this is about me. You know, this isn't really about her. She's just willingly being a participant in this. Not all mm-hmm. of her, but enough of her that I'm, and I'm cool with that because I don't, you know, it, we've kind of evolved to this time of, you know, I'll make an initiation and sometimes it's like, no, I don't have the t- energy for that. And I'm like, well, how about the energy for just some really mediocre sex then, <laughs> you know, and she's like, I could do that, you know, so it's kind of that you figure out a way to, this is where I am. And then what you find when you get into it, as long as you don't have an attachment to an outcome. It could become something great, and that happens. I know it does, and you think, "Wow, this was a really good idea. Why don't we do this more often?" Yeah. But I, you can recognize in both households one thing that's really apparent is this huge uh, lack of pressure and and the lightheartedness. I think that just helps a lot. D- yeah, dramatically, and and a lot of what's helped us, and we've talked about this on the show in the past, is learning how to have some of those more charged discussions outside of the context of the bedroom you know that because lots of times it seems like when you have an issue with sex and there's lots of pressure surrounding it you have those conversations whenever there's been a disappointment or a frustration you know or if you're thinking of Right. Or if you're thinking about the frustration, it's easy to speak in a way that's really frustrating and kind of demoralizing. So my tip for the ladies, you know, if your guy's just not coming on to you in a way that's very arousing, is try to remember something he did right and let him know, you know. So that's kind of you being initiating, but still to to let them know, hey, when when you did this like that, it made me feel all tingly inside. Especially if you're trying to combat something that was kind of a a turn off. Yeah. yeah. So and, and that's where I had the idea of have these conversations when you're together at lunch in a restaurant. You know, it's less likely that it gets really, really heated or out of control or plus it may plant the seeds that later on that day you kind of percolate on what you just discussed and it's kind of like you see, you get a new epiphany of hey yeah you're right let's and so who knows what unfolds that night there you go that's a good idea we've talked about that before different ways to talk about sex mm-hmm. but since you've been talking about technique all day i now i'm really curious i i want to hear the tips from dr Corey, the love expert <laughs> well it's it's mainly just understanding anatomy. <laughs> it is not. Yes, it is. It's understanding anatomy and what things are meant and designed to do. And and then again, it goes back to everything we talk about. Of each person is so different that the best uh-huh. thing you can do is have that conversation with your spouse about hey, what really gets you going? You know what what really ignites that fire in you what is it that you know when we recreate something in our mind together does that that get that may get you really hot and bothered or when I touch you this way or when I use my tongue on you orally or when I you know whatever it is what is it that really 
gets you fired up. And, and the more you kind of understand each other, the more you understand yourself, the more likely it is easier to get, get together in those spaces. Right. As long as you're not doing the same thing all the time, we just really want to encourage you to to push the envelope of what's been comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lady say to me, "What it's you know, I really like chocolate ice cream, but I don't want it served every single night at the exact same time in the exact same dish with the exact same spoon and the exact same amount." Yeah. So, uh, in her complaint was, my husband does exactly what worked the last time yeah that's so, that's a man's default it, failure I'm sure it is <laughs> is do what right worked, up there with do what worked last yeah. time you know that's, that's right that's up one there of our with not asking yeah directions yeah and so that's that's a tough one because it is well it worked last time so obviously she'll like it again well yeah no you need to be creative fellas you need to be willing to branch out and also realize that some of the things you're going to try are not going to work because you're not in the right space. She's not in that space. You know, so it's one of those you come back to it. You try it again. You you keep at it and, and you realize that, all right, we've tried this. Didn't work really well for us. We tried this. Didn't work really well for us. So we'll come back around to it and that'll be all right. Yes, that reminds me of a post I did one time, and I sent it out to all my readers with 10 positions you should never try at home. I remember that. Well, they're awesome, like the London Bridge, right? The dude does a back bend, back bend, and and lady rides on top. Yeah, that's so not happening. Well, you know, for all of these tips that show up somewhere in the men's magazines or men's sites, guaranteed to drive her wild. Quote, there's at least dozens of women that are going to scream in disgust at the exact same uh, attempt. So it's highly personal. Yeah. And and that's where it's important to kind of realize also that what is what are you looking for in the sexual encounter that you're having? Because some of the positions are not intended for intercourse. You know, so there's no way that you can, you know, physically. Yeah, you could maybe insert penis into a vagina, but. What else can you do beyond that? You don't have enough energy or flexibility to move. or So you kind of have to realize, all right, what are we doing? What, what am I looking for? How can I be present and express that and seek that and then see how my spouse responds and where maybe she'll then step up and offer up this or suggest this or, you know, it's kind of, there's nothing necessarily wrong with routine sex because I don't think right. there is because some of it. It's, it's just really good because each connection is different because you're in a mental space that's different each time. Right, right. But it, there's still something to adding a little novelty and introducing some different things, even if it's just introducing more of yourself rather than actual position or technique. Yeah, that is so amazingly uh, vulnerable to a lot of people. It's it, to me, that's one of the huge mistakes of having uh, sex so early in a relationship that's so popular right now is there's all this sex, but there's so little intimacy and there's so little real connection. So there's a huge benefit if you're in this committed relationship, you're married, you're, you've been at this a while, you have so much going for you and the ability to really, like like we're saying, be present, give your presence 
create a mood and like you said know what it is you desire well and it's i think of it schnarch refers to it as uh, creating a collaborative alliance i know that sounds like what you do in a college term yeah, paper it's, not it's, a... it's, it's very technical and psychobabble <laughs> but but the the underlying point is true of you know to really create good deep meaningful encounters with your spouse requires that you both be present you know it requires that you both are pushing back against each other physically and yeah and emotionally and mentally and i so know i'm i'm thinking of that lower desire spouse is just thinking oh this sounds like so much work to even mentally get in this space where that's even arousing to open up, to take the time to, it feels like a lot of work to okay. a lot of the ladies who are either, they're probably not even listening because the whole, they, you know, think that we're just sex fiends anyway. Um, you know, but for the guys who don't understand that, it's not very different from how much she is aching for you to initiate meaningful conversation. Yeah. And to yeah. some of you guys, you think, gosh, I don't know what to say. That seems like so much work. I'm, my words are used up by the end of the day. I don't, you know, this seems like work. So again, what is it that you desire to create together so that you can sort of relax into it and enjoy yourself into it and, and find the road of pleasure rather than, than resentment? Okay, let me, let me go with that analogy real quick. Okay. Of the similarity of a low-desire wife mm -hmm. and the amount of work that, and burden and pressure she may feel to be in the moment and to, to kind of be there with him, with her husband, and the same, reverse that of the low-desire conversation husband who feels pressured to have to talk and stay with his wife because she mm -hmm. has more that she wants to connect with on a verbal level. Right. So, fellas, if that's you, to help understand how, and, and this, I think, also applies to women. Maybe it's, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just the simplistic male brain I have when it mm -hmm. comes to sex and everything else. Um, one of the things I've learned on, on being able to communicate with Pam is I don't have to lead that. I have to just stay with her, which means... I let go of my desire to fix things. I let go my desire to whatever it was I was doing before we started talking. You know, if I was watching a game or doing something else, I disengage from that and I yeah. engage with her. And then I go where she leads with the conversation. I listen to her. I ask questions if that's what she's looking for. Sometimes I even ask the clarification of what are you looking for out of this? <laughs> you know, are you wanting just a place to process it? Because I know she likes to process vocally. Right. Her, her busy days. And so I can do that. I can sit and just listen. And I may point out little things here or there, but most of the time I'm just listening. And that's enough. That's what she's looking for. Sometimes in sex, that's what a husband's looking for. It's just be present. Not that mm -hmm. you, I mean, you don't have to be swinging from the chandeliers too and totally moaning and groaning. And it's all, it's just be present with him and go where it goes. Well, there is something that you want. Probably you want some kind of um, significance or validation or safety or 
variety and interest you know so when you say what is it you're looking for because a lot of times my husband will miss that he took it was really sweet last night when he made this effort hey do we need to talk I said you know because he's always got his little laptop and you know the answer was no we don't need to talk I want you to just want to talk so then he's like okay so he shut the computer we did we had to to navigate it and, right. and then he's like trying to fix stuff and I had to say no this isn't the conversation I want to have and so then we still were able to just really connect and then right. after come go overcoming a few hurdles and it was a really beautiful night and that's the same so, thing that happens in sex it, exactly is you break the connection even in the best sex times that you have that's right it doesn't just unfold like Hollywood and Hallmark lead you to believe <gasps> they have sex in Hallmark movies no, in cards they do. At least some of oh. the aisles I've been in. Um, so you have to you break the the break the connection gets broken, mm-hmm. and you figure out how to reestablish that alliance. And that's the collaborative alliance idea that Schnarch is talking about. That you have those times where it's broken, and then you kind of figure out how, okay, how do we get it back? Maybe we stop physically what we're doing. Maybe the act of sex ceases for a moment, and you talk, mm-hmm. and you back up. And you try something that you tried earlier that kind of got her in the mood or him in the mood or engaged. Or you just kind of look each other in the eye and you say, hey, relax. We're here. It's us. There's nothing going on. Whatever it is that helps, you just realize that break of connection is natural. It's normal. It happens. The important thing is learning the ability to reestablish that. Yes, it is. And as you grow through it, you'll be able to look back and think, well, there were a lot of times that would have been a shutdown moment oh, and taken a few days to get over. Absolutely. There's times where Pam and I have had encounters in the last five, six, seven years where if that was in the first five or seven years of our marriage, I would have walked out of the room in a huff and been all pouty for sure. days. Yeah. And it's like, oh, boy, that's real manly and strong. And, you know, but it's just yep. one of those. No, you just learn to just, OK, stay in the moment. And maybe yeah, that, that's maybe the break means this isn't a good time, you know, because your conversation with Paul last night could have been he could have been, honey, I'm just not in that place. And then you got to. OK, so yeah, when, you know, it, that's the same conversation that exactly. happens with sex. So it is exactly it's amazing how it's just a metaphor of life. <laughs> yeah, well, you have, you know, when you're going at a relationship to meet your partner's needs, it's such a beautiful thing. Well, it's, it's, it's all, that, all of it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's the culmination of all kinds of things. You know, you're seeking your needs. You're taking into account and seeking their needs. You seek what mm-hmm. they want for themselves. I mean, it's, it's all of those are markers of growth. And, yeah. and as you are more and more engaged, I think you, you become more and more aware of, okay, this is the role I play. And I'm mm-hmm. okay. I mean, it's like, Gina, I'm, I'm guessing just because of what I know of you as a woman – and a professional and what we've created over the last year together in this show, you've kind of become more graceful, I guess would be the right word in the, I'm the low desire spouse and that's okay. You know, that's me. That's okay. I'm not going to beat myself up over the fact that I'm the low desire. And I think that's a huge step for any low desire spouse, male or female. 
to come to grips with that's just me that's who i am yeah but in the seasons when the roles are reversed and i'm the higher desire which is then i would say that's not saying much when i'm the higher desire when there's gosh something's really wrong but but i have noticed how hurtful i it's good it's healthy sometimes to sound sure. in that role because you think, wow, I had no idea how offensive this really feels, how angry I am to feel here naked and rejected and angry. Yeah. So, yeah, the roles that kind of shift and, and roll and, you know, but wherever you are, to be comfortable, like you're saying, with that role. Yeah, to, to, know, to know it's a relational process. Sure. You know, to know... I mean, I had a chance this week. I was I was got a, a guest post on the Hot Holy and Humorous site, so right. a little, little plug for for that site. Love and that it, site. And I wrote on the desire differences, and I had mm -hmm. a lady that replied in the comments about, you know, I don't agree that, you know, with the differences in the desire that maybe they could be the same, but the what bothers me is. I never have the space to discover my own desire because he's always on me and pressuring me for sex. And to me, and I put this in a reply, to me, no, that's, that's backwards. Because if all of a sudden you had the time and space to discover your desire, compared to what? You know, it's, it's always relational in my book. It's always a relational thing. And so I need to come to grips with who am I in the context of my relationship, that's where I need to start. Not who am I? Because you're in a relationship all the time. And even if you want to go as real psychobabble as you're always in a relationship with yourself <laughs> on how do you view yourself and how incongruent is that? So it's, it's that idea of, all right, I need to come to grips with who am I? I'm the high desire and that's okay. I'm the low desire, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong because I'm the high desire and the sexual desire in my, in my marriage, but I'm the low desire in other things in my marriage. Right. So, all right, I need to come to grips with that because that allows us to play to our strengths and to not hold that over someone else's head. And, you know, that's your idea of when you can switch roles, you get an idea of what another person feels like and experiences in some yeah. areas. <laughs> yeah, it's a and you realize, right. ooh, I am I like that? I, maybe I need to. And there's your growth areas. Yeah, and that's the beauty of it. We always get to grow. Well, marriage is first and foremost designed to help us learn more about ourselves and how to grow into being better people. Let's talk about it. I think so, so. So that's where we go. So it's interesting. I don't know if we got anywhere with this show. But, I don't, I think we did because I'm I'm plotting now how to have a much more romantic evening. <laughs> yes, I brought up the low desire. <laughs> I know that's a very good thing. And that's just that's what you talk about a lot, Gina. Is you say, you know, hey, if I when I can get in there and I get into it, I realize, yeah, I do like this. I do like the aspect I, of exactly. this part of my life and this part of my relationship. Yep. Well, this has True. been Sexy Marriage Radio. We are glad you joined us. So whether you are high or you are low, okay. be you and see what happens. Exactly. Bye-bye. Come see us at sexymarriageradio.com. We want to hear from you. <laughs>